Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Meta Brothers where we are right here we belong in this scene Sex Metal Barbies Suicidal Queens I am Super Meta Brother Max I'm Super Meta Brother Damn Bringing you right in this moment today Feeling it, you know We got a lot to talk about in this week's episode A very controversial I don't know, really it's a non-controversial topic But it has been brought up with us uh, I guess to talk about today's episode, Danny Yeah, very much so By a, a newspaper which is very hit and miss Some of the Articles are fantastic. Some are like this, are very, very poor. It's like just because they're called a guardian, they feel like they have the right to like tell us how we should think and act. No, no, I am your guardian. You shall listen to my stories. Well, they must be missing quite a lot lately because I've just noticed they're actually asking for donations now. They must be struggling a little bit. How about writing some news articles that don't blow ass, you know? That's just another piece of advice I can give the guardian, you know? You know, that's the, the person who's returning the guardian myself. Maybe I'm trying to protect it. Who knows? But we're here to talk about what's been happening in the news of the metal world. You know, we're going to talk about today's show, Mosh Pits. Are they dead? That's what we just uh, said before. We were going to review the latest album from Seven Kingdoms called Decinium last week. We covered a band which, you know, was ambiguous. They were kind of like on the fence, a little bit like Daniel's sexual preferences. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this album is fully power metal, though. This is no, is unapologetically hold your genitals, go along for the ride, Danny. Exactly right. I mean, it's called Seven Kingdoms for a reason, man. It's like the Seven Kingdoms of like power metal, seven yeah, seven stages of hell. But it's the Seven Kingdoms of power metal. But we're here to talk first, right, right off the bat with the news. So here we go. Nothing like studying a news story today with a bit of Dragon Force. It's been a while since we covered Hernan Lee, haven't we, Danny? Yeah, definitely right, mate. We were just trying to wait for him to stop playing solo so we can get a word in. He must, he must be like the worst person to speak to. Speaking of stop playing, he actually wants Metalcore to stop existing too. <laughs> oh, it's a bit strong, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, he said that he doesn't like Metalcore because they keep doing the same thing. Now, as coming from a quote, we have to read this out. They're not doing their own style. They keep doing a style that everyone else is doing. That's fair. It takes the time to grow but it has to be organic, so I'm contradicting myself. He is contradicting himself, isn't he, Danny? Oh, definitely. This is like, if there's like fence-sitting, this guy would do a degree in fence-sitting because <laughs> he just starts the article saying, like he, he mentions the bands that he thinks are progressing, which is good. I think one of the, one of the heart medical bands is, I like these bands because they seem like they're progressing natural, but for some reason, he can't say any bands who he thinks are doing the same thing over and over again, which is quite interesting. You know, he's doing the same thing over and again. Maybe a band that's, oh, I don't know, playing galloping rhythms, re- incredibly stupid, ridiculously solos, and really fast rhythms with really high falsetto. It's, it's kind of like, a, a, it's like you're forcing me <laughs> to come to an answer <laughs> about dragons. About aren't dragons. <laughs> Mm, uh, at least he's got a sense of humor about it but uh, man if if this guy could work at Bunnings he might as well work in the fence because that's where he's sitting on and a shovel to bury his own grave because honestly he's a hardware tool specialist I think that's what you call him from now on yeah no you're right if if that's the only problem when you play things too fast too long it's just this blends into the same we're expecting a lot of people to be offended by our editorial in the middle section but what about the Islamic party objecting to Megadeth uh, as a concert supposed to be in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, but according to PAN, which is the Pan Malaysian Islamic Party, they've uh, voiced their discretion about it. They reckon that the uh, the chief there, his Manu jerkface Karim, that's not his real name, but you know, affectionately titled by the Super Metal <laughs> Brothers, he said that the show was given without taking into consideration the negative effects that Megadeth have on the audience. What negative effects? 
do Megadeth have on their audience, Danny? I've been missing it. Uh, I don't. Is it his hairstyle? No. Surely it's his voice. I mean, that's yeah. pretty offensive. You hear it like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I want to punch a cat. So, what kind of negative offense do these guys have on their affected audience? Maybe it's his ability to hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> Being kicked out of bands far better than his. Yeah, exactly. Not not getting over that hill. So maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Like, no, no, he's a negative input. We want people who have a bit more uh, scented beings and can go through things. More more like Buddhist type thing. Maybe they're trying to get that Mega way. Megadeth. Maybe maybe I've missed the stories about you know like uh, mayhem when they like cutting up pigs' carcasses or something, or they don't like cows do that in the Islamic community. There's an animal they don't like, and maybe there's that you know specifically black metal fans. Yeah, it's called the Megadeth. It's called a Megadeth. They're like redheads, apparently. Apparently, so I um, I know I know Megadeth lyrics can be like political base or war base, but at the same time, we all thought that Islam was not a war base or political based uh, religion. So therefore, I can't see any problems. I don't get it. You know, at the end of the day, though, they have to decide pretty fast if they want to play in that country you know I think you want to bring it to the Malaysian community because I'm surely that they paid enough money for Megadeth albums that playing there would be you know paying respects to their fans but yeah. and, and it's, it's just again silliness from upper people trying to like determine dictate. yeah dictate what your people want to listen to and how they want to listen to it and when they want to listen to top thing. It's a type of censorship and a type of di- like it, it's not a dictatorship, but when you're dictating what people can listen to or not to, it's, it's starting to become that way. It's funny because under the Trump administration with the states, right, you know, making America great again, they're doing a lot of wars like lately, uh, America getting in things they probably shouldn't, but what about liberating cultures so they can embrace metal? I mean, that's something that people can get behind. Exactly. I mean, we keep saying it, the happiest places in the world, apparently Norway and Denmark and stuff, <laughs> and, they, and they have a massive metal culture there. Um, happiest places in the world. I don't think some people can write that kind of material being happy. There's just no way, man. I mean, I was reading about Christopher Shy. He's an amazing artist. And he said that growing up, he didn't even get to see his parents. He was isolated. And then you see his works and it's like disgusting. It's evil. It's dirty. I'm like, it's, it's great. I love it, you know? <laughs> so obviously I would, right? Obviously this guy is sounding so cheerful and stuff. So um, there you go, Megadeth. Uh, good Godspeed, you know. Whatever you want to do, he does believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Maybe you can do him a solid on this one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it apparently happened over the weekend, fourth of May. So I didn't hear anything in Kansas. So I guess they got to play there in the end. Deftones frontman can't remember how many times he turned down corn. I'm talking about Chris Marino. He's uh, gone out and said that we did make a very conscious choice of who they were going to play shows with. He's talking about his band Deftones there. He said it was hard for it to be in a young band having to turn down these tours. Like uh, he's turned down tours from Corn multiple times, and then they're like, "Dude, it'll be cool." It's like, "Dude, I love you guys, man." Apparently, he's like really friendly with them, but I'm just gonna play with your guys, all right? Them and Limp Bizkit, which gotta be honest, you know, it's pretty smart move. Yeah. The balls of this guy—he's just starting off as a band. Yeah. And he's been asked to join on like a bill where people love to go on that bill because of who he's going to tour with. That's that's straight great publicity, great profit, great money. And he had the ball said, nah, I don't want to play with you guys. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't want to be rich. I want to be, I want to be known, but I don't want to be rich, right? I'm like, well, you know, that's for your discretion to do. I mean, it's not like corn exactly. Uh, no one knows who they are, you know? I mean, you know, if you're going to rip off a supermarket ingredient, then of course you've got to do well in the world, right? Mm. But... um. Props, I guess, you know. Yeah. Well, he's, he's becoming successful from it. Actually, he had a really cool little line, a bit of a dig as well. He goes, the issue is that like, he always considered himself just to be metal, whatever. He didn't get into genre or, or titles. Yeah. And he said the problem at that stage was like Limbisk in the corner, etc., would be classified as new metal. And he had a cool line. He says, I don't like to be associated or affiliated with 
like new as a new metal because everything new becomes old. So right. I didn't want to be become old and be forgotten. So that's like, oh, that's very clever. That's the worst way of being cl- uh, diplomatic and also sticking it to the guys as well. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Things in the world that I like: black tires of my car, uh, my my metal albums, and coffee. the curtains and coffee. And coffee. Ugh. I tried black coffee today, man. I, honestly, I thought the diarrhea was going to happen, but all I did was get like a massive headache and want to like you know run for three thousand miles, man. It was the worst yeah. feeling. However, black ice cream is the question. We oh, saw black. it. It kind of looks like someone did a motor oil turd mm. in your favorite cone. I don't know if I think mm. it's delicious. They, I mean, they, the I think it was Blabmouth or whatever saying it looked delicious. I don't know, man. I, it does look pretty nasty, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it literally is black, and even the waffle cone is like a black waffle cone. Apparently, it's flavored of almond charcoal, which sounds like they just burnt almonds. Yeah. So, I don't know how that's... So, what they did, they got the floor pressings from Charlesworth Nuts, creamed it, and making you pay five bucks for it. I mean, come on, man. But it's black, Matt. It's like, it's like, it's black as like metal, just like black, black. Would you want to eat metal, though? I mean, I love listening to it, but eating it. Oh, That'd be nasty, man. Oh, look, in the end, it's probably just so much sugar and fat in it. It's going to taste <laughs> great anyway. Like, oh, yeah. this is the best ever. Woo! You give it to your kids anyway. They'd, they'd get a, uh, you know, whatever, a massive rush, probably crash, you know, come unemployed, live in their mum's house, themselves Matt, work on their TV show <laughs> with their brother. Uh, that could happen, you it know, could, or, uh, you know, they could just enjoy a tasty treat on the weekends. Yeah, I don't think ice cream is a full civilization, so I haven't, <laughs> I haven't read that far in my book yet. <laughs> Do you reckon uh, Queen's right, Dan? The singer Jeff Tate is uh, in relationship problems because he's not really motivated to work out differences with his former bandmates. Yeah. Now, the reason he gives is gold. It's literally like this guy is in a broken relationship with his girlfriend, right? And I'll read it out to you. This is great. He has been quoted from saying that it's just that we don't move in the same circles. We don't... And this one about his old bandmates... We don't know the same people. We don't travel to the same places. We don't go to the same restaurants, and we never have. So I just don't like to hear about it. Um, wow, this really sounds like a date that just went really bad. Like it's been like you know what I mean, like a spouse you're married to for ten years, and after the kids were grown up and left home, you realise that uh, you're an empty shell of a person, and uh, you you know it's got that deep seated hatred to the opposite sex. Yeah, it's true. It's like he's 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 purposely trying to distance himself to say, nah, and I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm over it. Nah, I don't even think about it anymore. Even though like I've, I've calculated all the times I don't bump into him, it shows I'm actually over the, uh, and it's not being Queen's right. What's the difference if you guys don't, you know, hold hands and go to a Chinese restaurant? Like you're playing music together on stage, whether they want to like go home and, you know, jack off to the latest episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, you know, just play video games while you want to go to on a walk. What's the difference? Yeah. Oh, no. I think it's, it's, it's funny as well, and the actual um, other singer who's replaced Jeff is actually being, again, diplomatic about the whole thing, saying, oh, this funny business between Jeff and the Queen's Wrath, it's their business, I've come in after he's left, so I don't know, I can't see the problem, it doesn't affect me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's fine. It's just that obviously Jeff Tate needs more than just a band, he needs a friend as well. Oh, really? Well, maybe. It's <laughs> 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 probably why he hasn't got a band You've anymore. You've got a friend in me. <laughs> you know he needs friends or a new band? Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh, no. Now, look, there's a lot of people that like Fozzy. I don't know if they've got just a special respect for what he used to do in ECW, WCW, and WWE. I mean, this guy is a wrestler, I think, first and foremost. Well, what he brings yeah. to his promotions and his style of wrestling is, is quite incredible. Does he bring it in the latest uh, film clip he's doing with his new metal band, Fozzy, with uh, Clowns and Models, Dan? No, not really. Yeah. I heard a song. It's, it's just like a pretty much a hard rock like dare I say Nickelback 
top-ish song. It's, yeah, I don't it's think got, it was that great. It's got hot chicks in it, though. Oh, well, what do you expect? I mean, it's to take away his um, uh, vocal musical abilities I but think. you really can't He's right, he literally puts himself right, right in the, the centre yeah. of the camera and it doesn't move so the band's doing all these like funny things in the background you know in the shadows literally like yeah. there is no light on and rah 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 they're keeping it engaging but there's Chris Jericho with his saying get up his WWE like you know open chest scarf yeah. and it's yeah, just he's it playing looks, a bad yeah. guy in a rock song you know he's taking that persona over from the WWE into his rock and like people don't like it when you're a bad guy I mean they like you but why would they support you being a bad guy in metal yeah I like when he's um, some of the older film clips came out and he, he still wasn't like that natural from a camera and it was like moving and jolting he was like he was a wrestling like he was doing a wrestling promo he's like he's like, look like he's throwing like uppercuts and stuff while he's like trying to sing this song it was pretty it's pretty funny and he's a like, massive like back then he was like really big so compared to the rest of his band they still like stick figures this guy is like the size of a truck yeah it was just, it was just a weird thing guaranteed predictability with Fozzie and something else which is predictable Tool and Perfect Circle apparently not releasing a new album in 2017 honestly I am less surprised when I found out my the colour red is actually red and when bands skip Adelaide it's literally like who would have thunk it oh, it's, just, it's just amazing these guys have Gonna get the award for the biggest trolling. Well, maybe you know what's gonna happen. So like these guys, because they said they're gonna release 2017 and they're not, they're gonna release 2018. All the metal publications, I'll be like, best metal album of 2017 and 2018 goes to tour because because we 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 thought it was gonna be this year, so we prepared ourselves mentally that this was the best album this year. You release the next year, so no, no, you win both years. It'd be yeah, some bullshit like that. I have that same fear of frustration and anger when you talk like that like that that's what people will be saying it's like i'm transported into a tool concert where it's all the melodrama and all the angst that i used to have in my teenage years yeah. so yeah. um you know good luck guys you know for those fans of yours 2017 isn't your year maybe 2018 will be nah, you know it's probably not yeah it's funny as well because uh who was a perfect circle is actually touring recently and they've played two new songs so there is no reason for them not to um I don't get the album of this year, I'm guessing, but who knows? It's all marketing ploy. Who knows what? Ex-Fear Factory members claims that Fear Factory has now broken up on Instagram. Post the ex-guitarist and slash bass player Christian Oldie has stated that the band's broken up, but now he's taken that post down from Instagram. Uh, it's funny, a guy on the outside would be commenting on what's happening to a band on the inside, especially when the fans went up to uh, Dino Cesare's and asked if this was true, he said no. And then asked again if he's doing a solo album, which was also no. Yeah, it's um interesting how people like it's like it's like people who like different friends know you better than you know yourself. So like, they see your problem with relationships that you just can't open up. Like go f yourself, man. <laughs> that's only mostly true. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, if you are, I don't like you, so no, shut up. That, that fourth catch is there for aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need it. It's just yeah. that I like it. I think this guy tried to like create a conspiracy theory because. Uh, Fear Factory cancelled a gig recently and an album they said was going to come out this year is not coming out this year or something. So this guy thought, hey, I want to get a bit of attention to myself and remind people that I used to be in Fear Factory and maybe get a job out of it. Uh, it helps the name drop, you know what I mean? Like, I used to know that guy. I mean, it's more than just a way of impressing your friends. You know, oh, I bumped into, you know, James Hetfield at the airport and by bumped in, you know, I was you know, three lanes away from him, uh, wasn't in the same airport and I don't even know who James Hetfield is. <laughs> but, you know, you get my hint, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I would like someone else to get the hint. His name's Jeff Loomis. You might have heard of him. Uh, Jeff Loomis. Appears on the show 
a fair bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. See how the summer... But the guy, look, here's the thing. We only bring him up because every week the internet brings him up, especially the metal publications. They must know something about him. Like, he is the best guitarist right now in that in metal. In the Western Hemisphere, Eastern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, and the North Pole, Danny. Oh, you didn't say Southern. I wonder why that is. <laughs> Ego, Matt. <laughs> nah, it's because he's just uh, transcends South, man. He's gone so far north. It's all the way to the top. <laughs> that South doesn't exist anymore for him. Doesn't need to. Doesn't go below the equator. The thing is, though, he's on the scale of the summer. And the kind of the thing about the song is that they're putting it over on one of the metal publications as a good song. But I don't think it is. And Jeff Loomis' solo on it is is okay. Um, I, can, I get that. Um, yeah, our first time I was like, uh, you know what? I don't want to learn that solo. You know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's cool. But the song itself wasn't grabbing me. So when I heard Jeff to a solo, maybe he felt the same way. Mm. But um, in saying that, leave Archer and me and go to Nevermore. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. <laughs> we want more Jeff. Bring back <laughs> Jeff. You know, after after covering with Elisa Gliss, man, they don't love you there. Come back home. We miss you. Yeah. We've got the kettle on. We've got your favorite slippers here. You know, Uncle Dennis <laughs> is still yelling at the TV. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it all we right a nice for you. nice manuscript for you to work on and write. Oh, my Pro God. Tools here. Your We've favorite got... guitar. Hell. Guitar <laughs> for you to write a nice new song. Yeah, yeah. Sit here, Jeff. Nice. Nice. Oh, man. One day, man. If he's listening out there. If you know, if you guys know Jeff Lewis, I want you to head him over to facebook.com forward slash bro and uh, get him to leave a comment and... Uh, We'll, we'll, we will make Nevermore happen again. Make Nevermore happen again, Danny. Make Nevermore great. Well, actually, you're right. Make Nevermore happen, yeah. Is it time to talk about porn on the show, Danny? Oh, yeah. Why not? It's There's actually talk- a legitimate reason to talk about porn. This I is like, amazing, man. I know. I mean, like, normally jerk off jokes just like <laughs> happen to find their way in an episode 17 times yeah, by accident. Reckon, yeah. But this is no accident. King 818, sorry, King 810 recruit film stars for the music video set to debut on, you guessed it, Pornhub. It's, uh, I think, God's Here's a Prayer in Hell or something. Oh, no, that's right. The lyrics. They're not really about girls banging, but... No, they're not. Who matters? They're not even controversial, like, the lyrics. It's actually not... They're not even that great, those lyrics. It's like they just finished year eight English and decided to write a... Well, you've got um, three of the women involved, right? One's called Jasmine Summers, one's called Jenna Fox, and one's called Alex Legend. But the most important we should ask the viewers and yourself, Danny, is... What is a porn star? You know, that's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've never come across this uh, porn before, so I had to look it up. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time researching this. I mean, like, I don't think I went to bed last night making sure that I fully understood yeah. what this porn and porn industry is. And I, I was shocked. I was oh, absolutely. And, and entertained. I know. I started to get this problem with rigor mortis in my penis. And the only way I knew what to do with it is just to keep hitting it so it would go down. I'm like, come on, Peter. This isn't going to work. Uh, eventually, it got quite messy and my mum came inside. So, uh, you know, that's that happened. It's kind of so. like, you know, when you get your finger smacked in the door, and you're supposed to shake your finger so it gets the pain go away. I thought you had to do the same thing. Not the door part, but the shake part. I wonder if Jasmine Summers would help you with rigor mortis, Danny. Actually, I haven't, I haven't researched her yet, so yeah. I must, must think. So if you guys got a comment about that, just you know, make sure you let us know about uh, who your favorite porn star in the new King 810 film clip is. We really want to know what you guys have to think oh, about honestly, that. Honestly, is anyone actually going to hear the music? Oh, <laughs> just seriously, come on. Yeah, it's... It's uh, like, why all those, all those like, girl bands are so well in the 90s? No one heard what they were singing about. Come on, you just watch the film clips. That's why they have film clips. That's why, because you know the radio could just show up at the radio. Well, you don't have to go very far to get enjoyment on that. So while you're on the site, you know, why not click on some other models? They need help too. They need your love and respect. Throw them a couple of dollars. Yeah, except and, Dan uh, never gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe they did. I don't know. Oh, man. Let's finish off this with a uh, bit of a salute to a legend from the Rainbow Bar and Grill Whiskey Go-Go owner, Mario Magalieri. He died at 93. Um, he basically supplied all the uh, women to all the rockers that could, they could and probably all the cocaine their noses could handle, I'd imagine. Pretty much, yeah. He was the established, I guess he established and created Whiskey Go-Go. Then he bought over the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Uh, he also bought over something else as well. So he's one of the main reasons that the Sunset Strip actually had gigs and venues for metal bands to play. Uh, I went to Whiskey Go-Go when I was in California, so you just got to tick off to the old you know, bucket list. Yeah, you saw uh, Steel Panther, didn't you? Yeah, that was actually across the road in um, House of Blues, one of the last gigs there, which was that was cool as well. Cool venues, kind of like the HQ top setup. We have like an amphitheater styling. Does, does it feel like strippers and blow when you go there, Danny? No, actually, it didn't. That, oh. that is actually long gone. Even like if you hear like Bill Burr and stuff, that that whole um, 80s and early 90s Sunset Strip like way of life, I think that's pretty much gone these days. It's, it's not. You can tell. You walk down, it's just it's just nothing anymore. We talked about that now because it's funny how it's evolved. Like rock stars back in the day were all about, you know, cheap women, cheap thrills, drugs, the whole lot. But now like people are saying how they have like dietitians and they work out regularly and eat properly and that maybe because it's gone harder to be on the road these days, maybe they expect more to do or just it, they just get tired of it, man. Who knows what's happened? More people more conscious about their health and all that these days. Weird, oh, I know. Uh, but normally for you to like to get the chicks and the, and the drugs, you actually need to make money or profit from touring but no one's making any money off no profit on tour any, so you can't put it up your nose yeah. if you haven't got any to spend on it right exactly right we can try whiz fizz that's always a cheap <laughs> substitute <laughs> that shit's burns alright guys let's talk about our editorial we put this out there we're looking for big questions to ask our fans and this week did not disappoint we stumbled across an absolute beauty of a question don't we super mother metal brother Dan yeah, definitely. This is uh, one which popped up in the old Fatcher book, which is Facebook for those other people. And it was a very um, interesting topic. And normally, you know, the Guardian, they do various articles from like um, environmental, political. They're really getting onto this whole like social justice articles. And unfortunately, the first time I saw a metal article on the Guardian, I got really excited. And until I read the context of the article, and it was just about a female journalist attacking the metal culture again. We're talking about Hannah Ewan's Dance of Death Are the Days of the Mosh Pit Numbered. And this is the tagline I will read. This is what got us to clickbait mm, on this old material. Indeed. In an attempt to make punk, rock, and metal gigs less intimidating for the female fans. Yes, the same ones that helped the male fans establish an amazing, vibrant, and passionate metal fan base. Now, like my girlfriend who changes their mind about every three seconds when they're hungry... These guys are doing the same about where to eat, except they're doing a mosh pit. So apparently now they need safe spaces instead. Or do they? Yeah. Well. That's we've... the question we're here to answer, aren't we? Exactly. It's a, it's a big question. It's one which is always going to cause a lot of uh, passionate responses because, it's again, it's attacking a culture which we all believe is a part of the culture. It's an established part of the metal culture. So... Interesting what our fans had to say. We're going to go with our fans straight mm. off the bat, and we're going to take it off from Steve Lehman, who just basically didn't hold any punches. You'd know Steve Lehman from the guy who we interviewed about his artwork. Now, you'd want to check out that podcast for anyone who's into heavy metal artwork or is into covers or anything like that, comics, gore, horror. You know, Make sure you go to our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash supermetalbro to see some more of Steve's uh, podcast. You know, We'll check that out. But he's come out and said, um, it's the girls who are most psycho these days. You know what? The guy's been to a few gigs. I think we can definitely defend him at that. When you're in that mosh pit, they know what they're in there for, right, Danny? Yeah, it's kind of like the whole, you know, I'm, I'm a bit smaller in, in, in stature. 
again, that's not a, a male attacking female. I'm saying physically, females are generally smaller. Well, I don't assume they're gender, Dan. Well, I know. This you might get problem. a guardian writing another episode know, about you. It's an issue, isn't it? <laughs> Even though it's true, I can't say it. Science and all that. Yeah, so the girls, because they're a bit small and stature, they have to like hold their own better because if you don't hold your own, you're going to get hurt. So not hurt because people are they're going to hurt you. It's just that you know if you get bumped easy off your foot and stuff. So you have to keep defending yourself with these people. I know, right? Yeah, like, the, the girls just, they, they hold their own quite well. They, they, they do it. When they, when they want to be part of the mosh pit, they'll be part of the mosh pit. Jay Anderson, I still love moshing in the pit, but there are some absolute F-wits out there trying to intentionally hurt people as we need to weed this stuff out. It's not cool. And they do, yeah, right? Dickheads, yeah. uh, we cannot control the intentions of that. You know, I know a lot of people try to argue, well, you know, why don't you just tell rapists not to rape? I'm like, why not tell murderers not to murder? Or why don't you tell people to buy CDs instead of downloading them illegally from YouTube? Those things just don't happen right yeah. now, you know, just by telling people, right? When you tell a politician never to lie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. However, what the metal community does is stamp it out when they see it. You know, especially uh, certain artists and bands, which I will get to at the very end. So don't worry, Jay. We'll come back to you. Great little point we, that you made there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got an hour. Oh, wow, we've got quite a lot as well here from uh, Aaron Oliver, who's the biggest issue with Moss Pits is the outsider can look like a lot of fun. You know, it's all pretty crazy, whatever. I'm just going to paraphrase here because he's written quite a lot. So go on our Facebook if you want to read out the whole thing. Uh, in the here, the moment, you know, you might get a few people doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they start hitting each other, knocking each other, rah, 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 rah. But, um, you know, maybe something goes a little bit further, right? You know, there's that line that people cross generally. I have never really seen, uh, apart from one occasion, which, again, we'll get to at the end, a time of when it went too over the bow. Hey, Danny, is that what you would agree with? Yeah, definitely right. Again, again, it's because it's been part of the culture. I think um, Aaron describes this as well, that it's because it's part of the metal culture. People actually have understand what, is correct behavior what is good etiquette in mosh pits it's again it's it's funny he says that one of the times i've been to a gig he actually saw these two guys i've never seen a metal gig before and like, these guys are the outsiders and you can tell because they didn't really know how to behave they were the ones yeah. who like for some reason started like pushing people around even though it wasn't the part of somewhere you push people around and now people were doing stupid headbanging when it wasn't required so you're right it's always the issue where people who try to fit in and don't understand the rules and then once again themselves other people hurt so it's a fair point Ryan Whittaker, for me, moshing is jumping, pushing, you know, circle pits, crowd surfing, so forth. Someone falls, everyone picks them up, person up, loves it. I've seen most of that too happen in most metal concerts. The only time I didn't see people getting picked up is at hardcore shows or maybe even punk shows. They're a bit more... Uh, there wasn't many that I've seen though, so I can't say it was true for every time those bands are on. Uh, but I have seen on the very rare occasion people not picking people up, uh, but generally metal community is quite yeah, good. I've been picked out once or twice when I've fallen down. Now, apparently there's a trend right now to intentionally go out there and hitting and flailing themselves widely, you know, making yourself pretty big and doing all that stuff. Um, that's, that is actually pretty rampant in a certain style and that's being allowed by the bands because uh, we've actually seen on a numerous times bands who have, I guess the, the lead singer who can, would you say not uh, govern the crowd? They're more like over overwatching it, aren't they? So if anyone seems to be doing something intentionally that's bad, they actually get shamed for it. They get pulled up on it. Yeah. Best example, remember at Soundwave when we saw Devil Driver? Yeah. They played in front of what? 5,000, 10,000 yeah, people, Danny? Quite a lot of people, yeah, yeah. And he picked one guy out, the only guy doing hurricane kick, Street Fighter moves that Ryu <laughs> would be doing on, on the PlayStation uh, 1 and, and said, no, you can't do it. The crowd loved him for it, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, then that's when you have a good one. Even Bruce Dickinson. Tell us the story with Bruce, Danny. Yeah, that was last year when I mainly came down to Adelaide. And again, it was a guy who was in the crowd, a bit too overzealous, a bit too excited, and he was pushing around stuff. And Bruce actually, uh, while they were playing the acoustic part of Fear of the Dark, 
he actually pointed this guy out and said, oh, you cut that out now. I, you know, we didn't have to go back to the song until you stopped playing, until you stopped doing what you're doing. And eventually a guy got pulled out by security. But he also did this back when we swam in Melbourne in like 2006, seven. When, when they first came on, the crowd wanted to really rush the front barrier. And Bruce, during the song, said, no, stop rushing the barrier or we'll stop playing. So they so he's there are people out there who really care about the fans and want everybody to enjoy themselves. And you have those good lead singers which actually do that job. Yeah. Bad points, for example, I think when I find going to certain hardcore shows, the kids are doing those moves. You know, there's like three or four kids. Yeah, the they pull the whole entire kid apart yeah. and they have three or four guys having a really kick-ass time. But then the rest of them have to then go so far to the side and so disengaging. But they're allowed to because yeah. the the band is happy for four people to have a kick-ass time and the rest of people be uncomfortable and awkward, right? Yeah. yeah. The worst case scenario, though, is with Periphery. And this will get on to, I think, what uh, Jay was saying before Jay Anderson. And uh, they decided on one show that they'd come out drinking bottles of scotch. Literally, the, music started, the intro music started to hit. And uh, I thought, oh, wow, this is all foreboding and, wow, very exciting. And they all came out wearing, like, T-shirts and jeans, which is pretty generic, skate shoes. I was like, oh, okay. That, that kind of killed that. But the worst thing of all was that they, all, they had a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels. And they're like, yeah, woo. And they all were sipping from it, like, being, like, complete asses. And like, hold on. This is coming from a band that, like, only two years ago... Uh, would come hang out with the fans and make sure everyone was signed their autograph and, and talk to them and, and actually sell merch behind the desk when they came with uh, bands before them, right? Now, the point I'm trying to make is that this at this show, when they're all drinking Jack Daniels and stuff, there was a massive fight that broke out. This girl and guy, whatever, it, might have, it, it sort of erupted where there's a lot of pulling hair and stuff, and it became a whole big thing. People were fighting that, and everyone in the crowd who was outside the fight was pointing at the band, pointing at them, saying, sort this out. They saw it, and either they were too drunk to notice or too drunk to even give a shit. Mm, so the, it yeah. continued until it, somehow it just standed itself, and this lasted the whole entire song. Mm. So, and that's the point of it bad, and I think that's what we're trying to allude to here, Danny. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, even like going back to, I guess, the article, the article points out to like a whole range, whole plethora of, I guess, issues and points, but it kind of really dances around the issue. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the journalist is talking about how in some, let's say, punk bands, they're starting to create safe spaces in the um, mosh. I guess you can't call it a mosh pit because you can't mosh and have a safe space. So they're, they're saying certain, I guess, areas of the sta- of the arena or the venue or the the dance floor, whatever you call it, is a safe space. So you can't, I guess, you can't mosh there. All you can do is just like, I don't know, sh- nod, I guess. The thing is, what they bring up and uh, what Hannah Ewens is trying to allude to is trying to get, I think she's trying to get two sides of the argument, right? One that's wants to see a safe space included and one that doesn't. Now, her examples are, are, are amazing when she's talking yeah. about bands that are introducing safe spaces. There is three that she's mentioned and the DIY, and I use this term as loose as I use Jenna Jansen's asshole. <laughs> punk you know like in quotations yeah. right these bands are pwr bttm diet krieg sig and adult mum right and then these bands are introducing safe spaces and these guys are about as punk as there's more than two genders i'm talking like you hear these songs and you're like who would want to mush to it i don't even want to mush yeah. against my girlfriend do the horizontal monster mash listening to these songs so what would decide to them it's like we're gonna have a safe space. no no one's dancing to your music because they don't like it not because you're saying that they shouldn't Right, so I'm like, that's a pretty poor example about yeah. how punk and metal is doing it because punk and metal sound wants you to mosh, yeah, you know, and that sound is like, well, look how progressive we are. We've got a safe space. Who's doing it at your concert like, that you yeah. needed it to do it? 
Yeah, exactly. I was like going to see like a symphony or like an opera, and they're like, oh, we have it. Look at us. We have a full safe space. <laughs> you know, it's, everybody's even seated here. We've got them under that control of the oh. seat, and everybody can enjoy themselves with Perfect. elbow. And these seats even have elbow rest. So that's how safe you are. You're, could, you're in chair, you're your elbow rest, you're comfortable. Could you imagine like they start doing one of their more energetic numbers, and all of a sudden these two girls start jumping up and down, like high five? I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> stop that. No hitting. They play like, oh, forge, like, oh, forge. You know, when it gets a really epic and stuff, they're like, wait, no, oh calm down. We'll start the song. Hey, we'll stop playing the song. This, right? this is a safe space here, right? You know, we've got pillows. We've got, you know, like candles and stuff. Don't be knocking over any pillows, man. We can't afford yeah. that. It triggers like our crowd or something. Um, and the whole point is that then they talk to a veteran, like punk musician, Greg Gaffin, who's like now an author and a professor of evolutionary science, saying how important it is that yeah. people mosh. This is their only outlet. And that yeah. actually this is cathartic. This is release for them, right? Yeah. So you're talking about bands who don't need it. Do you have space spaces who then say they do anyway to people who are actually in the industry saying it's important. And then what's funny is that Hannah agrees. The person who's writing this article is like, yeah, I, I agree with that because she used to love it. She actually admits right at the start of it that she as a woman needs it. So all of a sudden now, wait, do women need it or don't they? Are you uh, representing the women or aren't you? It completely yeah. undermines her whole argument. Yeah, because she unfortunately had a staff that way, had to say, um, uh, whenever you talk about uh, safety and geeks, you always talk about like misogyny or something. I was like, do you really have to always go back to that point? Can't oh. you just talk about it like a human being? And it got really frustrated. So again, it's not talking about it as purely for what it is. It's talking about it and then we have to come from it with our agenda. We don't have to yeah. come from it as... Uh, it, it reflects the music, reflects the people, reflects people's angst or aggressions, who they are as people. That's why they get drawn to music. No, no, no. It's all about you're a man and therefore you want to like, I don't do a male dominance or something. Uh, she doesn't yeah, say that. No, she like, says oh. this. But we can help having a dig at the biggest douchebag when decided to wear steel caps. You're right. Yeah. That guy was a douchebag. You know, and he was in the wrong, You know, really stuffed up a girl's face. Rah, rah, rah. Basically, though, she comes out and says the other end of drunkenness or toxic masculinity. It's very interesting how the progressive side likes to use drunken to uh, toxic masculinity as an excuse when it's like, I just, you know, you see women all the time putting handbags on the like seats of, of a bus and all of a sudden that's not a uh, woman's splaining or a woman decides to kill seven of her kids and all of a sudden that's not toxic femininity. No, that's just someone who's messed up. So, but the biggest problem with the article is that she's doesn't really outline a question until the very, very end. And I think this is what we should talk about because I think she she is an ambassador for mosh pitting, right? And her attempts to get other people's sides and that isn't going to work because one, she uses people who don't need safe spaces, but then they, they impose it anyway. And uh, using... Um, isolated incidents that people in especially our metal friends and community have denounced as bad behavior and they yeah. acknowledge it and they're there to attack it and make sure that the mosh pits are under a certain rules and guidelines but let's address her questions danny if mosh pits are a priority where does the excessive freedom of movement stop and what boundaries and limits sure let's 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 give her because that's the only question she didn't answer so let's answer it for her today because uh, that's what we are we are the super metal brothers and uh we are super metal moshers so where is it? What's the boundaries and limits of moshing? Oh, exactly right. I mean, one is that all this like slam dancing where you're flaying your arms, you're throwing elbows and fists, and you're kicking above the air. Don't do that. Mm. I mean, moshing is literally the act of like, you can jump up and down, you can bump into each other, like keeping your elbows stuck in. There's no reason for you to throw your arms around and like headbang into the music. That's kind of like the level of moshing which I find acceptable. Like, you, you can be very intense with it. You can like push people out of your way if you really want to use a lot more space to headbang, that's fine. But you don't you don't throw elbows, you don't throw, it's not a physical aggressive act towards another person. You're yeah. the aggression, you you you're trying to get rid of the aggression through your dance like 
dancing, we'll call it. Watching, yeah. yeah. I guess it really comes down to now is what I was saying before with the lead singers and the, lead, and the bands playing. They're going to set the boundaries and limits for the crowd. If they are happy for three or four people to then have a great time in that, they should understand the ramifications of what that would be like for the other people. So there are... And if and if anyone who is saying Moshpit should should go away, just don't go there in them because for some people who don't go in there, they're scared of it as well, whether they're men or women, right? Mm. So they keep away from it and they can enjoy the gig at a safe space. And to be honest, they get a better view. They see the whole entire band. When you press right up against it in the mosh pit, all you see is the guy's genitals <laughs> or the floor. You only get two. You only get yeah, two yeah. views. But that's that's the risk you take, right? Oh, yeah. So the idea is what we want to do is give out to the bands out there. If you think that's going a bit wrong and people are getting too crazy. Uh, because they're actually using violence, so you can. But generally, mosh pits have an etiquette which people do, yeah. and which our fans have alluded to. You know, if they fall, you pick them up. There's bumping, there's grinding, there's that. There might be a, a loose elbow or a punch or whatever, and that's going to happen. You know, there's no real malice unless you know you see premeditated someone lining up for the big punch yeah. or the big KO. Uh, or like you said before, Daddy, when people uh, have never been in a mosh pit before, go in there, and they just need a little bit of direction. You know, they need to be told what what the cans and can't do's are. And it's amazing how much and quickly people get absorbed into it and, and generally get the vibe anyway. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do with metal, and I guess the punk scene as well, is that you don't want to stifle people's expression and you don't want to start placing rules and guidelines to how to do it. Because the whole point of metal and punk is that we don't like and we don't appreciate the rules and guidelines given to us by society. We want a bit of escapism. We want to be self-expressive. Yeah. So we don't we don't... That, and that's our chance to be that. So yeah. it, it's, it's you can't in the middle of the day go up to your teacher and do you know, push him across the wall. But you can do that in a mosh pit, you know. Um, the, and the music is a part of people where they connect to it in a very powerful, and meaningful way for themselves, and that's the way they want to go about it. And it's funny because it doesn't actually hurt anyone because it it is controlled aggression, uh, and definitely not toxic masculinity. It's definitely just a part of the culture. And like we said before, men and women have been embracing this for quite a long time. You could see more women get involved in it too as well. But uh, if you're going to play with the boys, then you're going to be treated equally just as, as they, they do with each other. So uh, I appreciate the article, though. I think it, mm. I think it, it's, uh, it tries valiantly to want to take in different things, but it just fails because it, it, is, it just reeks of being a mum and just like the nanny state. And it's like, this is why metal and punk will always exist, to fight against... You know, yeah. corporate media, and to fight against the Guardian and, uh, prog- and 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 people on the very far left and the very far right, where it becomes a dictatorship rather than a uh, just a philosophy in general. Yeah, definitely. Very very surprising coming from someone who's been apparently in the scene since their children. It's really mm. a surprise. I don't know if they've been told or directed to write an article yeah. like this, but yeah. Again, look, and you can tell because in the end of it, she just goes back around and says, oh, I'm impartial to it. Like, well, then, you know. You're not. You yeah. loved it. And yeah. there's a reason why you loved it. But someone told you not to love it because, you know, you, you are absorbed in Whatever all reason. that. You can see the narrative. But, you know, I don't want to get too much more into that, guys, because if you've lasted this long, you've done very well. You listen to us ramble and rave about something that we know very uh, little about. So, <laughs> oh, We know about moshing. We know about yeah. moshing. It's primitive. It's ugly. And it's ridiculously amount of fun. So, And I'm just talking too loud to the mic. I apologize. So let's go on to our final presentation. It's about time we review a power metal album from start to finish, Danny. I don't know the last time we've actually reviewed something with this amount of facetto and, you know, fast riffs and, you know, standard two and four drums. Actually, we did Firewind at the start of the year. So This is even more power metal than that, though. Well, yeah, I guess got like a female singer. So you already have that like angelic operatic addition to the um, power metal styling. So that all... all automatically helps you out i guess so but let's see let's set it up for you guys we are talking about seven kingdoms right a band that's basically 
I decided let's just go for it. Like, I heard about two seconds of it and I thought we have not reviewed anything like this on the show before. Power metal bands. Um, this album's called Justinium, was released 2017, and these guys really um, just came out of nowhere for me. I've had never heard anything about them. Is, is this a band that you've heard anything about at all? No, it's not. And surprisingly, it's from they're from Florida, America. Ooh. This sounding would it's kind of like a Nightwish type of feeling. Yeah, kind very of European. Like, yeah, very European sounding. So for them to be based or come from Florida, it's quite interesting. I even know many metal bands just come from Florida as well. I, I didn't really think it was a scene there. So it's, yeah, interesting. Are, they must be very happy in Florida because this album is. So let's talk about the riffs, Danny. The guitar work on this album, is it pretty much a staple of what you expect on a power metal album or have they done a little bit to uh, break it up? Oh, you know, I think they've done a little bit to break it up. I mean, you have your staples, right? You have like your fast solos, all your pages and your feels, but... Time like that, they, they try to do like some bit of minor work in there, some like st- staccatoing, riffing to like help a bit more emphasis on parts of songs. So it's only like the only small things, but you, you have to listen to those small subtleties in power metal songs. Otherwise, you'll just hear um, power metal song after power metal. Yeah, which I do. Yeah, yeah definitely. I it's, um, this is definitely one for the purists when it comes to the riffing and then pretty much the whole album, but we'll, you know, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, you know, this is exactly what you think. When you think power metal, this is, the riffs are pretty familiar to a lot of people in a sense. However, I will argue that towards the end of the CD, they do try mm. a couple of heavyish moments, yeah, you know? There was right. actually a time where it wasn't just... Yeah, that kind of thing. But it's a little too little too late, unfortunately, because you have to listen to at least seven tracks of like... You know, that fast rift and the open chord solo where the girl is obviously stretching her wings and ready going for it. So, it's exactly what you'd think. It's got the, yeah, it's got the arpeggio, it's got the, the kick-ass fast solos and it's got those riffs that are very, that move on a mile a minute. Yeah. Um, it's also, got, to be fair, it does have good melodies. So, yeah. you're, you're not just, it's not like a uh, drag force like we mentioned before where you just play as fast as you can you can barely make out when the changes or subtleties occur. They actually do have nice transitions from like the really fast stuff to like the nice melodies so I, I have a feeling this song this album gives you a bit more than just a standard power metal riffing we talk about the vocals on the album now because that's one thing that I really wanted to talk about because obviously with vocals in power metal you know exactly what we've got very high falsetto maybe you know it's it's a tough register and it's, it can be a tough register for people who aren't into that style to listen to because it's really kind of challenging on the year in that sense it's got this kind of i guess operatic feel to it in a, to a degree daddy would you say with the power metal yeah definitely i mean the seeing a lot of this high power stuff for so long you really have to be well trained and have a very good technique because it does fatigue you as a singer so a lot of these things are opera trained or classically trained because they you just you just tell with the vibrato and how the interval jumps and stuff I and mean, this girl's clearly classically trained her, her voice has that operatic sense to it but then when she goes for the really high power stuff for the like the high notes she comes more rockyish and to a degree more floor yantonish in her tone and it's actually a really good strong tone generally it is i think the first shot was the only time i heard her in the chorus where she kind of used a little bit of that yeah. she always went so high that even she could barely hit those notes um but generally you're right she's got a good control on it and she's very powerful with it and it suits the music perfectly you know um the one thing I guess with power metal is like uh, sometimes the riffs just might lead to some other style or maybe it's just at a register too high, you know, but such is the appeal, you know, who's who am I to a shit on your parade? This is your style of music, mm-hmm. guys. You know, do whatever you want with it. You guys seem to like it. Uh, just on the outside, I hear it and I'm like, yeah, that vocal just doesn't work for me. This girl's vocals does work for it, 
But uh, it's pretty. Doesn't much. Doesn't stop there, does it, Danny? She's yeah. very much on it the whole time. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are some songs that just keeps going on, like the power and the the highness keeps going. Like track three, even though that song very well, very emotive, it can be a bombage of like high octave stuff and high falsetto yeah. type stuff. And but later on, like track five and track I think eight, there's more lower register stuff, a bit more grunt put to the yeah. voice, which is it's just good. The one thing, though, it's not even a fault of our own. The band just throws songs at her that are just a mile a minute the whole time. What I would be appreciative is, like, you know, those classic ballads or something. So that gives her time to just sit back a little bit. And you guys can just enjoy a time where the basically fans can engage in a more personal moment with it. Um, it just felt like this album was just, like, one track that went on and on and on. Yeah. It's, it needed that it needed that little bit more to to engage in a listener. I mean, it is impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every musician on this album is at a high high level. You know, it's ridiculous how much these guys must practice. You know, they probably haven't seen sun. You know, compared to how many hours they've spent looking at a fretboard. But um, uh, it, it's just that. It's just that the thing always has to then bring a certain level of dedication, or just get washed over with sound. And she does. You know. All the best to her. Maybe the next time we can hear the next album, more of that other slower, gruntier stuff, or maybe just a little bit more of like what um, uh, Twisting the Myth guys would do, Blind Guardian might do, you know? More of like a bar song, just acoustic song or something, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good transition into diversity, what you're speaking about. I was very surprised that there was no ballads on this album. I, I was just expecting it. Oh, here comes a ballad. Oh, okay, no. Oh, here it comes a ballad next song. Oh, no. It was just very odd. You're right, so a lot of it is... Like fast or faster pace type yeah. songs, and again, they they do do enough. Change. Look, the melodies are strong enough that the songs do have their own characteristics about them. But at the same time, you do feel like you want a break or a bit of like relaxation, a bit of time to absorb it, or or even like a, a song which has at least a two or two and a half minute metal uh, acoustic intro would it'd be nice just to break it up slightly. But yeah, most of it is pretty just uh, balls to the wall. Yeah, it is, and it's hard for me as a fan who doesn't like a certain power metal style. It's like, okay, what else have you guys got to sell me on your sound? But it's like just more of the same. It's like, well, if you don't like marshmallows, then you're really going to hate the next nine tracks because <laughs> we got more marshmallows for you. And I'm like, man, just throw me a Snickers or or something. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be just all marshmallow. Maybe like a Rocky Road, just a little bit of marshmallow and some, some chocolatey goodness. So it's hard for me to get into that. And I think this album is definitely not for the faint of heart. This album was designed... There's four metal, four power metal heads by power metal heads, and um, the one thing when we reviewed the guys last week with Pyramids, much more accessible, and I think uh, they had that style, but they brought that unique sound that hasn't been really developed with all those elements. Whereas these guys are much more traditional, I think. Yeah, this one, I think I talked about this production, but it's one thing that I like about these guys above a Pyramids, but it's to do with like the chorus structure. We'll talk about more Ooh. production, but we'll go back yeah. to the um. We've got a groove now, I guess. Yeah, we've got a groove. Uh, uh, groovy. I don't know, man. Like, this is definitely a power metal lamp. So it's very energetic, very gallopy. Like, just imagine being on your horse, fighting a dragon on top of a hill who's fighting another dragon on top of another hill with a sword. It's um, it's very majestic. And even by the front cover artwork, you, you're, quite, you're quite in the world of, uh, you know, battle and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's going to put hair on, on things. But, um... Groove, Dan, apart from the last couple of tracks, maybe track five, uh, maybe not. Yeah, again, you're right. Because it's, it's high en- intensity, high energy, it's it's just rocking. So you really like just go yeah. with it. If you like the riff, you'll go with the riff. If you like the song, go with the song. I guess one of the good things about the singer is she puts a lot of 
changed in her tone so she can give you that emotion and a bit of emotive parts of songs. So even though songs might be fast, she can still at least somehow bring it back to make an emotive feel to it. So even though you won't say it's groovy, I definitely feel there's parts where you actually can get a bit of a connection to the songs. Mm. I guess so. Yeah, it's... Again, it's just like you can just tell who's, who this album's for, you know, who this marketed for. There's no, they're not even apologizing. And so they shouldn't. Yeah. Why, why try to appear as a guy like me for, you know? I'm I'm stuck in that in that way. And uh, look, every time I hear a power minute screen, I don't want to kill a dragon. I want to kill the lead singer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not, it's just yeah. the way to, hey, look, different strokes for different genitals, right? You know, it's yeah. just the way it is for some people. And um, I'm willing to kind of compromise to a degree, but um, you must have a more depth, like Mercenary, for example, with yeah. their power metal vocalist. And they do have a power... Back in the day, they had a power metal vocalist. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they incorporated a different style of riffing. They had a lot more groove sections. Uh, they had more like death metal and even tease on power metal. Uh, Pyramids, again, you know, power metal singing, but they've got enough different in the riffage to, to give you or engaging for a fan who's who's transitioning almost, a little bit like, you know, coming out. Uh, but so this album, yeah, the groove fact is it wasn't enough to to sell me on a whole package. So I guess we can finish off with the production, Danny. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, look, the, the biggest one, like we've said before, is that the fact there is no ballad or there is no slowing down. So reduction is great. It all sounds good. Um, everything sounds fine, so that, that's that's good to see. But again, it's just you're right. Blending of, I mean, it's, the songs can blend well between tracks. How they end and to start the next songs are quite nice, and they are quite good at times. The transition seems flawless, but sometimes you just feel like I needed that air. I needed to have that real connection as to the. I want the them, song. I want to see some challenges. These guys with like a concept. So tell a story more. Like you know, maybe give it about a young woman or man who's going out and fighting their way through the life. And, and then that way it will give them more of a direction of where they can t- take their songwriting abilities, you know, uh, move away from different keys maybe or just move away from different styles. And I think that would be more helpful for, for, for me to get into because at least that way there's more of an emotional. Uh, but again, if, if what you want to do is listen to Power Metal, like again, this album is definitely for that. The production is fine. like Everything sounds perfect. You know, it's all where it needs to be. It sounds like a lot of that polish that uh, modern metal is at right now and um these guys are good enough players that they, you know, they can they can pull it out anyway without worrying about it. Yeah, but I like to know what their songs written, like how they build up to the choruses or how they transition from their fast songs to the solos. It is their songs are well written. And yeah, well you're saying that. What what didn't you like about Pyramids that that you you putting over Seven Kingdoms? Yeah, then exactly right. The thing that was a bit frustrating with Pyramids and some other power metal bands is that what they do is they have purposely fast verses, but then when it comes to the chorus, they'll strip it back. And put in like the big chorus, so it'd be like the slow riffing. So the guitar's gone half time. They've added like a choir and they've layered it. So they 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 have like an artificial big like grand chorus. So, and that's how they separate themselves from the fast verses. And then the problem with people like Pyramids and other bands that that's what they do for every song. And after a while, it's like oh here he comes. Like it seems like when we re- did In Flames last year, is that all the choruses were that they're like stripped back a bit of the big choir, big acoustic thing to try to do like an artificial like emotion to the song. Fair One of the good things about Pirate, about, sorry, about Seven Kingdoms here is that they actually didn't use that trick. They had enough ability in their melodies and their singer that we don't feel like we need to have an artificial moment for you to be like, oh, this is the part where I'm supposed to be connected or sing along to it. They're like, no, no, this is our song. It's going to be fast. It might become fast in the chorus. It might right. become slow in the chorus, but we're going to keep with what we feel like is the right structure for the song. 
and that and that's Perfect. one thing I, I thought was good about these guys that then it, it wasn't they didn't rely on tricks they did what they wanted to do any favorite tracks off the album day that you oh, recommend someone to get yeah, into track three just listen to track three <laughs> that's, that's awesome cool yeah, yeah I agree no, track three is great so actually like, track two is my favorite to be honest uh, yeah. something about it just got me um, the reason why I bought the album I thought there was potential for me to uh, be swayed over to power metal but uh, uh, more of the same after that and uh, I just quite knew that this wasn't the album that was going to you know get me to throw away my um my corpse paint and get a sword uh definitely not yet uh, so, I, don't, I don't wear corpse paint <laughs> i'm white right. enough as it is man i look like a ghost i didn't see sun i got vitamin d deficiencies man that's the way it is for me that's how you do it you just like be sleep deprived so you have the black under your eyes so you have free ghost corpse paint but uh, i wouldn't go so far as to say i hate the album because i really do respect it I, I respect it because obviously the musicianship and the songwriting itself is pretty good for what it is you know uh the melodies there are uh, yeah, the resolution, the chord structures are quite strong and the girl is really bringing you along quite well. She's got a great uh, feel for note selection and just general rhythms and stuff. Um, just more of a heartfelt, engaging moment for me would have been great. Instead of just feeling like kicking ass the whole time, it would have been nice to just... And I think that's what the best power metal bands do do is is give you the time to emote as well as uh, yeah shred shred shit. Yep. So, uh, but Daniel, you seem to love it though. So, do you, would you really give this a recommendation for power metal fans, or is it just kind of like locked in there with? A, 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 so, is it a must own, or is it just locked in there as a you know a recommended buy? Yeah, recommended buy. Yeah, it's you're right. It, yeah, unfortunately, it's just the no ballad things, not letting things breathe. It's just unfortunately, it's a bit of an annoyance for me. And again, if, if you like also her scene, because it can be very operatic time, if you don't appreciate that um, tone in her voice, it can become a bit overwhelming. Mm. So unfortunately, like with all power metal singers uh, or power metal bands, the vocal tone is kind of like a sell or not sell of yeah, the band. Yeah, you'll hear know? it in three seconds and love it or hate it. It gives such a strong emotional response, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, um, I guess that's what they call it in the world of triggering, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like, at times, her vocals are, are fantastic. Like the, when she has that power tone, that rock tone to it, it's fantastic. Yeah, I meant to that. So, you know, if that sparks your interest, you know, go ahead and check out Seven Kingdoms. Go ahead and buy the latest album, Decinium. Um, yeah, see if it's your jam. But until then, Danny, that's the end of our show. Yes, and you must believe, I, me, I'm not guilty, it was the rats in the walls, lead me further, perpetual horror, into the cellars oh, below. There you go, you're just selling it to him. But before we leave you tonight, we actually got a special request for you, don't we, Danny? We actually have our, what is it, next week? It's our one-year anniversary. Yes. The best thing about this is that uh, we've given it to the fans, and so far we've actually got one. We've got one of our fans, Ben Saunders, is actually giving us a request, so we're going to take it on board. You know what that request is, Danny? Well, it's the best so far, Matt, but the week is still young. We only posted a question today, so there could be, could be other ones. I reckon so too, but to be honest, we're going to announce it. What day are we going to give them to, Danny? I reckon we should give it to the weekend, but until then... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give it to so the weekend. You guys have got until Saturday to give us your favorite question so far. Ben Sorter's at the top. Uh, we are going to reveal it if you want to check it out head over to our Facebook wall facebook.com forward slash bro or on Twitter twitter.com forward slash bro and leave the question or leave what you want us to do for our very important 100th episode you know we cannot wait to uh Give you guys a thing. It might be you want us to review Black Sabbath discography. It might be like, what's your favorite a song from Richie Blackmore? Uh, favorite hairstyles? We don't have any hair, so that would be very offensive. Uh, really anything in the middle community, Danny. Yeah, definitely right. Uh, it could be like favorite album covers to like, I don't know, favorite gigs, concerts we've been to. Favorite Super Metal Brother. It'd be a very short episode, but I could do it. No, I could flip a coin. Could... <laughs> there isn't a coin uglier. Anyway, I've been Super Metal Brother Matt. 
And I've been Super Metal Brother Dan. We have been the Super Metal Brothers. We'll catch you guys next week. Take care of yourselves and each other.